God, happy December. Uh, <laughs> welcome to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. I am your co-host, Mike One. This is co-host also, Mike. Mike, I've been mm-hmm. miserable with the weather. <laughs> I cannot, this, I can't live in this part of the country anymore. Yeah. My team lost. You're outside yes. in, in, in the foggy gray air. <laughs> oh, it's so depressing. Cold, foggy gray air. <sighs> and yeah, no, the two of us may have had... Like the most Charlie Kaufman conversation <laughs> in the history of mankind in the pre-show today. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't a happy place to be. <laughs> so that's where we're at, folks. But neither is Connecticut in December, and that's why we like to think of ourselves as East L.A. and East Hollywood instead. Right. Uh, it's it's sunnier there and warmer and brighter. But this is an Oscar race checkpoint for your ear holes today, dear listener. Uh, we have a lot to recap, a lot to go over, as we usually do in this new show. Not least of which, uh, talking about changes to the Oscar ceremony, talking about what happened with the New York's uh, film critics circle and their awards given mm-hmm. out, talking about some trailers, a lot of other awards news all in this episode. Let's start with those changes to the Oscar ceremony. They will officially begin one hour earlier this year. This was just announced yesterday on November, I want to say, 32nd. Uh, the <laughs> Oscars are going to believe going to begin at 7 p.m. Eastern this year, and there will be a special episode of Abbott Elementary after the Oscars program, Michael. We're friends because you continue to make calendar jokes. That's, <laughs> that's it. That's my niche, yeah, that's, baby. That, that's that. Keep doing that. It, I always Soft giggle. Spot. I'm like, yeah. yay! I clap with my fingers facing the sky. Okay, uh, it definitely makes sense for boosting Abbott Elementary here because look, I mean, there's a huge lead-in audience in comparison to everything else on network TV, mm-hmm. with the exception of the Super Bowl, right, or with the exception of a few, yeah. you know, live events on television. So that's still very good for Albert Elementary. It makes total sense for ABC to want to get that leading audience to work for Al- Abbott Elementary. That being said, I'm wondering I'm wondering if for West Coast viewers it's it's the move. Like for the East Coast viewers, I'm thrilled. Like I mean for us podcasters. Oh, yeah. Yep. This is great news for us. Like we now have a full extra hour to work with. A full yep. extra hour to eat really heavy foods, and <laughs> but, but we could get like expre- espressos in us, right? Anyway, right. This is big. Stay for up us. and not go to bed at an ungodly hour. Yeah, uh, uh, less of an ungodly hour. Anyway, yeah. No, I'm excited about that, and I like that it's being the Oscars are being treated like the Super Bowl. I mean, this is a point Clayton Davis made too, but it's obvious you have a special. You know, it's going to be a very special episode following this giant lead, and like you said, mm-hmm. and the Oscars. Uh, the audience viewership, whatever you want to call it, was up last year coming out of the pandemic, even though it still didn't break the 20 million viewer mark. But nonetheless, that is quite the lead in for Abbott Elementary. And it's being treated like a Super Bowl. It has this big lead up. It's going to air on both coasts and then going to have the special episode of Abbott Elementary after that. I like that. I like all of this. I think this is very smart. We've been begging for a while for the Oscars to be treated more like a huge sporting event. So a later or I guess an early evening time slot in the west coast television viewership arena that that works for the west coast are they 
I mean, hey, if you're a West Coast listener, let us know. I'm very curious about this. Does that extra hour help you guys as well? Because I'm looking at it here on the East Coast. It's obviously a huge thing for us. Yeah, starting the Oscars at 4 p.m. local time is what it's going to be doing out there in uh, L.A. So I'm curious. Yeah, it's a a good point. But I I mean, it's still a Sunday, right? So I would think Mm -hmm. people want to get the get it over with sooner. Yeah, they're having event like the the true fans are having. Oscar parties, parties and, and stuff like that. Starting at four instead of five for them on the West Coast. That's good for them, right? I would guess yeah, that's fine. Clean up the house isn't. earlier and yeah, not be as tired at work the next day. Yeah, it's a dinner party, really. I mean, even though it's you know you have like all kinds of probably finger foods, but it's one of those. Hmm. What's what's your dream finger food? Listen, finger foods <laughs> for you and I are basically whole two pans. bake ham. Yeah, come on. Come on. Come on. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> what are we Talk talking about? Talk about the 89th New York Film Critics Circle Awards. Those were given out yesterday on the 32nd as well. Uh, start with the biggie. Best, well, not one of the biggies anyway. I thought when you wrote this down at first, I read it as best film. Oh. I was like, oh, Past Lives won again. Mm. But no, best, Past Lives wins best first film. On the night for the New York Film Critics Circle. Still good. We've, we've had After Sun, Lost Daughter, 40-Year-Old Version, Atlantic's 8th grade. Three of those five were Oscar nominees, and you know the, the other two were in the contention. But uh, this matters, and past lives keep some momentum going. It sure does. Uh, we also have a shaping narrative around the international feature category because Anatomy of the Fall, of a fall, keeps winning, and it's not eligible at the Oscars. It's not eligible an international feature, correct? Uh, because of uh, a, a beautiful movie about the delicious, French delicious food, <laughs> uh, which I'm not mad about. The taste of things is great. I loved it. Uh, but Anatomy of a Fall should be a major contender at the Oscars after winning the Palme d'Or, winning at a bunch of film festivals, winning at the Gothams. This is what Anatomy of a Fall needs to do. I'm very glad for both past lives and Anatomy of a Fall to validate their early like almost preseason momentum, right? So this is a good thing for both of them. That's the one side of the coin, and the other side is zone of interest is having some issues. The zone of interest probably comes in at an academy level later on, and 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 almost by default, correct? Uh, yes. Would question mark? I would think. I mean, those are the two biggest ones we've talked about thus far. But the zone of interest—it's very early in the. Uh, Critics award season and award season in general, so maybe it can pick up momentum still. But yeah, it's not the early showings is is not uh, I would I would say uh, encouraging for Zone of Interest right now. Look, the Zone of Interest is as heavy a movie as you're ever going to watch. It's also it's also a strange kind of narrative because mm. it's at arm's length, deliberately at arm's length, and and it subverts a lot of movie watching expectations. What mm-hmm. does this new Academy? You know what does this new academy do with the zone of interest? I don't look at the zone of interest and I say, no, this is slam dunk. This is Roma. This is all quiet on the Western Front. Even something like we saw a few years ago. What was that movie about the the, the teachers who wanted to drink every day? Oh my God, Mads Mikkelsen. <laughs> oh yeah, um, 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 drinky oh, little boy. drinky poo contest amongst <laughs> buddies who teach uh, children. Oh my oh, God, God, we're doing this early. <laughs> Anyway, those movies I thought would, you know, basically sweep, you know, especially another round, another round, another round looked like a sweeper early on. Drive my car looked like a sweeper early on. Correct. So, you know, I think 
And even though Drive My Car didn't win here, the worst person in the world won that year uh, at the New York Film Festival Critics Circle. So that being said. That's the other thing to to hone in on here is that the – there's not really a one-to-one translation between what happens at New York and what happens on the Oscar no. stage in a lot of the big categories. No. However, we should do the 89 years worth of Oscars crossover stats for this particular Critics Award show mm-hmm. because they, they've they been doing it forever. And they, they have basically on film Twitter what I view as like the papal selection process because these <laughs> awards come out slowly but surely. Like we see smoke... We see a tweet when the black smoke comes, when yes. the white smoke yeah, comes. Yeah, it is very It takes similar. all freaking right. day. And this year actually went a little snappier, but I appreciate them. But I still didn't get to the big film award. I had to go. I had to leave the house. But uh, I was checking in every half hour or so, yeah. you know, filling in this doc, which was fun. But look, Anatomy of a Fall keeps its momentum going. International feature, though, is still up, very much up for grabs. I, do, I would not expect the zone of interest to be, quote unquote, the sweeper. I think the taste of things is that good. I've heard a lot of great things about other international films as well. So we'll see. Every decision should have to be reliant on smoke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's my takeaway. Said the uh, man best. in the burning world. <laughs> best nonfiction film <laughs> went to uh, well, yeah, Les Trois Gros. Pleasure Menus is what it's called. It's uh, Pleasure Menus is one of the best nonfiction film. I don't think I covered this at all at the New York Film Festival, even in a preview, but I heard good things. I heard good things, and I'm very biased because this is a movie about a French restaurant like a five-star or Michelin-star French... I don't even know if that exists. But basically, the menu... Remember the menu? That mm-hmm. type of restaurant. One of those super boo, you know, super fancy ones. So five Oscar noms have won this New York Film Critics Circle Documentary Award over the last five years. So this is, this is something that can be influential. Like, the documentary feature branch has been influenced by New York and L.A., uh, over the you know over the years and this this matters we'll move on from there to best cinematography and that went to oppenheimer which would not be its lone win of the day i'm happy for hoyt van hoytema uh yeah. he's long overdue for another oscar nom dunkirk was his last but he's been putting up great performances in terms of his dp work let the right one in interstellar tinker taylor soldier spy her specter ad astra tenant nope they've all gotten some you know, traction in award season, but never enough. And he's just done like a decade of some of the best work ever. Here's another thing. Like Clayton Davis's next four cinematography movies, uh, there are Flower Moon, Ferrari, Zone of Interest, and Saltburn. And even though I, I would, I haven't seen Ferrari yet, but I would say they're very strong contenders. I like his next five better, just personally. Poor Things, Napoleon, Maestro, Color purple i just Mm. noticed from the trailers but then like barbie the killer origin promised land again whether i've seen the movie or from the trailers i like that i like those aesthetics more than the the the, like the rest of the quote-unquote contending part of that category so i don't know i i just think this category is still open but if there's a lane for him to win van hoytema uh for oppenheimer i'm i'm with it because he's great strong year for cinematography either way regardless of how you slice it and it's like I a wonder, deep year for sure yeah deep if you're that good at what you do like uh hoyt van hoytema is hmm. and you've been disregarded by the academy for some like do you care i wonder <laughs> you're putting out some of the best stuff of the year and if you get ignored and you don't get the oscar now you gotta be like i i know more than the academy does 
<laughs> yeah, I, 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 at that point, <laughs> if they, if they, uh, bound, if they did not nominate him for Oppenheimer, he should definitely, yeah, be upset. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the boy and the heron walked away with best animated film from New York. So this makes sense, right? It's a New Yorky pick here. I think Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is, I would say, the what do they call that candidate in a in a pol- political race? That the incumbent, the popular one? No, the incumbent. No. <laughs> I would say Across the Spider-Verse is the incumbent because Into the Spider-Verse won in 2018, which New York Film Festival tabbed as as its best in 2018. Uh, but like Wolf Walkers won this category. I lost my body. Marcel the Shell with shoes on. The Mitchells versus the Machines. They don't necessarily pick the animated feature front runner, right? They pick the they picked the, the number one contender. And the Boy and the Heron is probably still perceived as the number one contender. And at least in my mind, I would think that as we go along here, Spider Verse is going to end up racking up the wins, even amongst critic circles. Yeah. It would it, the boy in the heron will have to be stupendous to overtake across the Spider Verse to me. That's still my favorite movie of the year, truthfully. So, have you rewatched it yet? I have not. I I I watched it a couple times, obviously for our film study. But I, it's been on Netflix, and I almost have clicked play a couple times. But you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to catch up on everything else, and there's mm-hmm. been a ton of stuff to watch. But look, I mean, the animated feature category just opened up a bit more after Wish. Uh, let us all down. So I think uh, yeah, I think that race is is a little uh, a little wider than we originally thought. Michael May December had two awards on the night from New York. Uh, it wins best screenplay, and Charles Melton off his win on the Gotham's walk, also walks away with best supporting actor here. So we're gonna probably put a pin in this overall May December conversation because we're either gonna we're either gonna cover May December in an Oscars profile, a full film study, or we're going to at least cover it in a segment on the next episode, right? So I'm yeah. wondering if these are New york picks because Todd Haynes is such a New York delight, right? He's always <laughs> like front and center at the New York Film Festival, et cetera. Or I'm wondering if May-December truly does have momentum and has hit every stop along the, the, the campaign thus far, can, et cetera. And and now we're, we should we should know that May December is much more formidable after the Gotham's and the New York Film Critics Circle here because Charles Melton at the very least seems to be seems to be someone who's got the, the world of momentum right now. Yeah, it's starting to become okay to to picture him and throw him in there as a surefire Oscar nom, and that's kind of what these uh, precursor award shows do. Like they make it, you know, it, it, that's what you that's expected. That's what you should do. You should be putting these guys and these con- and these women in these conversations. So I think that Charles Melton is going to be there comfortably next to Ryan Gosling and uh, Robert Downey Jr. now in that category. And supporting actor, I think it's going to be just it's going to be a so loaded fight. so loaded yeah. but i mean look the gothams mean everything so he's in right of course as we've all said numerous times mm-hmm. uh charles melton beat out divine joy randolph at the gothams as they have only one supporting category but divine joy randolph does win supporting actress here at the new york film critics circle yeah the gothams mean nothing they, they just <laughs> they don't they don't matter she's she's winning this oscar 100 percent. you're yes. a dope they're uh-huh. dopes divine joy randolph fist in the air let's go the holdover <laughs> she's my favorite uh no i, I look this is great. This is great. We we got a race. We got a race in supporting actress. I'm sure uh, the, to to come uh, another really loaded category this year. One of one of the categories I'm most excited about. 
Seems like a, an impending coronation for Lily Gladstone is starting to be the expectation here. Is really? She, yeah, I know. Again, it's very, very early. I, I don't know. Like, she wins for not Killers of the Flower Moon because she's so popular right now. And then here at New York, she wins for Killers of the Flower Moon and Best Actress. I, I, I don't see that momentum dying down. I don't know. I loved her speech. I loved her poise. I loved that it was meaningful and that, you know, she had some levity about it. She she acquitted herself extremely well. Like, I mean, Charles Melton was more just like overwhelmed with the moment, which is you love to see it. Like it, it clearly meant the world to him that he was very, you know, he was very off the cuff and, and, and charming in that regard. Lily Gladstone was I am I am ready for this moment and I'm mm-hmm. and I'm executing my plan for the speech. And it, it really mm-hmm. was it really was a good speech for her at the Gotham's. Now, Lily Gladstone winning for the the unknown country instead she won for killers of the flower moon let's be honest yeah, so <laughs> killers of the flower moon gets the actual prize here and it wasn't put forward at the gotham so who cares but recency bias is a powerful thing we know that front runners in these races don't necessarily translate but she's off to a great start there's no question yeah. And worth noting that Kate Blanchett, Lady Gaga, Sidney Flanagan, Lupita Nyong'o, Regina Hall, those are the past five winners of this category. Okay. None of them went on to win the Oscar uh, either. And but, again, New York Film Critics Circle, they, they have a lot of trendy picks, but they don't necessarily, in a lot of the major categories, they don't, they're not necessarily a, a huge indicator of what's to come for as far as Oscars wins go. I don't know. I, I, well, because of the Flower Moon, Lily Gladstone, this just seems like the type of wave that to me, is, is going to really have a lot of legs. Yeah. I don't, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Franz Rogowski won for Best Actor. That made a lot of people on film Twitter happy. I know next to nothing about this right now, Mike. I love him. He's He's been great in a bunch of movies, Undine, Transit, uh, and obviously Passages. But stop it. Just stop it. I mean, <laughs> I like him, too. He's good. But he's like the 12, 12th best actor in my lead actor ranking. Oh, wow. You how disagree. Is he, how is he that high for everybody here? I mean, good for him. He's overdue for awards love. But just stop it. Come on. Good. Stop it. He plays yeah. such an over the well not an over the thing. he plays a subtle jerk yeah. in passages yeah. and, and he's very good consume you keep going but let the hate consume no you. it's it's just come on come on we got <laughs> we got oppenheimer we got bayard rustin give me a break we, we have I all these it. names we have leo we have oh my god franz rogowski is the is the straw that's gonna break also stop Mike's back it. here. new york film <laughs> critic circle stop it i mean this happens this does happen ethan hawk kind of yeah. you know took took this category over because he's so so new york right i guess mm-hmm. uh, so mm-hmm. this feels like so new york franz rogowski winning here is, is so new york but i mean i guess that's the charming i don't know stop it stop it <laughs> and Give yet and yet, uh, proving that beauty is in the eye of the whatever, and it's all subjective, and we shape these narratives to fit whatever we want to happen. Uh, Oppenheimer, Christopher Nolan, best director. That seems like something that's proper. We should have pounced on the better Vegas odds when we had the chance, didn't we? Right? Uh, yeah. I mean, is he going to sweep it all? I had much time, but yeah, no, I didn't. I couldn't see him out there. But yeah, darn it. I mean, well, you got so sick. I was literally yeah. going to Venmo you money to place. I only got to one sports book because I was I was dead the entirety of yeah. the, uh, the time there. Yeah. You're in your hotel room just dying? Shaking. Shaking. Literally shaking. Oh yes. <laughs> but yeah, I would think this is uh, an indicator of things to come here with Christopher Nolan, which makes me kind of sad because it feels like 
that's where all the votes are going to go for Oppenheimer, and it's, we're going to try to find something else for Best Picture. Maybe. But Which, is that is that just, though? Weren't you saying the same thing? Like, Best Picture should go more towards Barbie? I think Best Picture is going to go towards Barbie, yeah. But I think I, Oppenheimer and Barbie are they're still the two best for me. I haven't seen Killers of the Flower Moon yet. You didn't like it. New York Film Critics Circle liked it enough they gave it Best Film. It makes sense. Scorsese's a New York guy. Uh, the New York Film Critics Circle is just a long-standing branch of critics. Obviously, this is the 89th you know, iteration of these awards. So there's a lot of old cronies in the crowd there, right? They have, they literally choose these awards like they choose the next Pope. <laughs> so it makes sense that Martin Scorsese is the New York film Pope. You hate this movie. <laughs> I don't like this movie. I have to rewatch it. It's going to, we're, we're, we're going to talk about a story later on when, when it's coming to streaming. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have to rewatch it. I'll have to give it uh, more consideration. I'm not, happy about this but i i it's saying exactly what you've been saying about best picture i think we're circling christopher nolan in uh best director and therefore best picture is open and american fiction could take it uh but anything could take it we'll see barbie barbie starting to get excited let's let's do that uh the european film award winners were announced these are excellence in craft categories michael yeah i don't think the taste of things showed up anywhere i don't think it was eligible (laughs) otherwise the promised land took cinematography and costume design best soup (laughs) torture uh saw x level uh nonsense that probably should have won production design no that looked gross the promised land that trailer there was some interesting torture devices anyway <laughs> cinematography and costume design did look good in the trailer so okay that makes some sense society of the snow won vfx and makeup and hairstyling uh probably for wounds and gonna have ugh. more to say about that in this episode yuck uh the zone of interest won for sound which is fitting it's going to be nominated at the oscars for sound anatomy of a fall won for editing hell yes great editing and anatomy of a fall la chimera won for production design i love this all the old ruins uh, made uh, to characterize this bunch of, oh my God, this Motley crew, let's just put. They're literally wearing Motley through some of the movie, La Chimera, <laughs> so I like that production design. And then Club Zero, I believe that was the uh, Mia Wachikowska movie, at, anyway, for the score. So n- nothing shocking. Maybe Society yeah. of the Snow could have taken cinematography. You're a fan of that trailer, but we, you know, we haven't, uh, we haven't watched all of these European films yet, but yeah, I like, I like what they went with. Going to see what happens as those, if they translate to Oscar noms as well. All right, let's talk about films that won't be coming out uh, for this year's award season, even though we thought they were once upon a time. The bike riders sold to focus (laughs) features, Mike. Non-dicka Mike. You have to read that while eating a sausage. So they will aim for a 2024 release there, buddy. <laughs> Dicka. Bears. Dicka. Uh, this is... There's been so much news and mayhem in the lives of MMO, we never officially passed comment on this. But Focus's recent purchase of it now affords us a chance to do so. The Bike Riders, the surefire, multi-time Oscar-winning <laughs> pick, according to the Academy slash super-secret powers of Mike One. That was pulled from the 2023 release calendar a couple weeks ago. 
There were murmurs that New Regency had pulled it back due to the prolonged duration of the SAG after strike, but Disney made the decision last week or the week before now to abandon the project altogether, and then they ended up shopping it out to the highest bidder, and Focus ended up being that highest bidder. Focus swings in, they acquire the worldwide distribution rights for the films, for the film, which is now slated and expected to have a high-profile release sometime in the next calendar year. The movie debuted at Telluride this year. It had positive acclaim. It's carrying a current 7.6 on IMDb, current 71 Metascore. Hmm. Maybe this is going to luck itself into like an accidental 18-month Oscars campaign as compared to the you know five first months of this year where nobody was talking about it for awards purposes other than me, <laughs> as Clayton Davis can attest to. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm excited to to see what happens with this, and especially Focus. At least if you read the trade, seems like Focus is going to have this as one of their big releases and awards releases of next year. Anyway, so uh, we will see what happens. So if I cook you a crow stew, <laughs> a stew of crow, when will you eat it? Like, will you Why? eat Wait, it? Why? No, no, no. Hold on. Like, if I make <laughs> if I make it and I freeze it, I freeze the stew of crow, mm-hmm. and I can thaw it at any point. Will you eat it in June if this movie comes out in June? Yes, right? I'm so confused. What, what, what I'm, is the I'm point talking about here? what's the bike rider release date that will you know, give you more bravado about this movie winning Oscars? Anything before October? Does, are you gonna are you so gonna what abandon? makes me worry about its Oscars chances is, yeah. sa- is what you're asking if it comes out in June are you gonna still yeah. be touting it as the, as an Oscars contender yes all right <laughs> I have to now so anything before June you're freaking don't out. don't release this before the summer yeah okay <laughs> don't do that so June July you're still okay August September you're not okay you're I'm, I'm thawing the crow stew yeah yeah uh, September but yeah don't do that. Right. Don't do that. August, August, you could sneak in. Yeah, come on, August, you could sneak in. What are you talking about? Early August, you could give me. Yeah, don't. The six weeks between like school starting Early and October first, you are stretching. You are like, <laughs> it's gonna win Oscars, damn it! <laughs> Austin Butler is a dynamo. I have it on good authority. He's playing an egg. He's playing Humpty Dumpty. He's gonna play his role from Dune Two and Dune Two. <laughs> Just. Is that an egg on a motorcycle going what down the road? What if we made Humpty Dumpty a great warrior to fight this other great warrior? Can we do that now? Who could possibly care about that trailer? Uh, <laughs> who could? Who has the time to invest <laughs> in all that nonsense? Anyway, we're getting there, but I agree with you. I don't like it either. Uh, here's something I do want to ask you about. A.D. Yeah. Bryant uh, is going to host... This host the Independent Spirit Awards this year, which is happening earlier. But I haven't watched A.D. Bryant since she left SNL. I know she's had that Hulu show. Uh, what do you think of this? All right. I wasn't going to ever admit this on microphone, but I will now. Um, <clears throat> I when I was dying in Vegas uh-huh. with COVID, I went down kind of a dark rabbit hole because of my YouTube suggestions. What? And I watched a ton of clips from the show Girls. Okay. <laughs> and A.D. Bryant has a prominent role in, I think, the fifth season of Girls or the fourth season of Girls. Mm-hmm. So I watched her in that. Um, she had that popular show. I think it was on Hulu as well. My Where I fall on this 
is if you were a cast member on SNL, mm-hmm. I have no problem with you hosting an award show. You've done your part where you're. I will cheer anytime you get tabbed as a host of any award show. And so I'm I'm beyond excited for Ad Bryant. I think he's perfect for this. He's going to crush it. And in your mind, the her role on the on the TV show Girls mm-hmm. may, may somehow gives her even added prowess. No, you just said you hadn't seen her in many things, so I wanted to say she has a prominent role in Girls. Yeah, I just... All right. I I watched the first few seasons of Girls. Another one of those shows that I I just never watched again. Why? Why do do we do this? Like, Mr. Robot. How many shows do we have like this? I have a bunch. Do you? Like, prestige TV dramas. Yeah. Well, that's why I can't... Like, that's why I binge, Mike. I can't watch things week to week. Mm. I'm starting like, to if understand. it's all out there, I'll, I'll, and that's why, like, winning time, I'll watch now that it's over. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll dive into it, but like, I couldn't, I wasn't going to watch that when it came out. All right. Well, here's a question for you Are you going to binge Killers of the Flower Moon as a three hour <laughs> and 40 minute film? Or are you going to, are you going to purposely, deliberately decide to take that in like three or four episodes? I think we all know how this plays out. <laughs> no, I'm going to watch it as I see fit. I mean, if I have to pause it to to get my life in order. <laughs> Scorsese decided to make a movie that takes up 16% of a day. Mm-hmm. You know, so be it. You got to sleep at some point, right? I mean, <laughs> man's got to eat, you know? Gotta eat, gotta walk the dogs. Take it with me into the bathroom as I go to the bathroom. No, stop it. (laughs) God forbid. (laughs) Even that, I can't. Oh, my. I just watched the episode where George Costanza goes to the bookstore and takes the giant, fresh impressionist painting book. And the book is flagged because he took it into the bathroom. This book is flagged. Uncle Leo keeps shoplifting. Very good. All right. (laughs) So, Killers of the Flower Moon is coming to streaming on the 5th of December. That's next week. It's early next week, next Tuesday. Four days, three days if you listen to this, yeah. We don't know. And I I love this new website, whentostream.com, by the way. I don't know if you've discovered it yet, but they have full calendars on the theatrical and streaming schedules. I've been using it so often, and I'm like checking it four times a day because they update like the new streaming releases, PBOD everywhere. They tell you where everything is. I love it. Love when. Is it run by the man of recaps? I don't know who runs it, but whoever does, I love you now. Thank you. Um, So Killers of the Flower Moon coming to streaming on 12.5. They don't know yet if it's PVOD or if it's it's going to Apple TV+. So here's the question I'm going to ask you. We have 65 million domestic rake. We have 86 taken from overseas. 152 and change worldwide box office gross for Killers of the Flower Moon. Obviously, we've we've heard about the 200 million dollar budget. We we understand that, give or take, depending on the deal that they cut with theaters, Paramount and Apple, they're probably raking in 75 to 100 million on Killers of the Flower Moon. Just you know, recouping. I would say mm-hmm. they'll probably grab over the next two years another 10, 15, 20 million on. VOD some in some way, right? Physical okay. media, 20, 25 million, whatever. Uh, so maybe Killers of the Flower Moon made or recouped about $125 million out of its $200 million budget. Now, the question I have for you is, 
Do you think the Oscar campaign cash has already worked into that $200 million budget? We've seen that happen. Is marketing worked into that $200 million budget? We've seen that happen, or we've seen it just bloated out to $300 million in, 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 in a way. So if Apple, Apple made, let's say at best, half its money back with this theatrical release, does its second run on Apple TV Plus justify that budget? What do, what do they care? What do they want out of this whole deal with Martin Scorsese, Pope of New York Film Critics Circle? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't, you know, the, is it going to break even financially? Probably not with these numbers, but not. It's not breaking it, even financially. Right, no, right. it's not. So like, but in the same way that Sony bent over backwards to give Tarantino the deal, sometimes the big studios make these deals with these prestige directors just to get in bed with them and get in their good graces, you know? And the, the profit and loss statement isn't exactly what they're, at least for this single movie in a vacuum, isn't exactly what they're most concerned about. They're most concerned about a legacy and a, a partnership going forward, et cetera, et cetera. You can argue, though, that the $11... Apple TV Plus subscription fee could be paid for three months during Oscar season for Killers of the Flower Moon, Napoleon. Maybe they'll stay an extra month for Argyle. But sure. they can't people will subscribe to Apple TV Plus for Killers of the Flower Moon. Well, enough of them subscribe now for its quote unquote second run, second or third run. We don't even know if it's going to PVOD. For Killers of the Flower Moon or not, I, I don't know. I really don't know those metrics at all. I would think if you're going to subscribe for Killers of the Flower Moon specifically, you're not. You would have already seen it in theaters, mm-hmm. and like you've said, you don't think it's like a high rewatchability type movie. And just on, on runtime alone, it can't be that high of a rewatchability. So I don't know that that's going to be like the Welcome to Wrexham type stuff. I imagine is what like brings. Well, that's Hulu, but no, uh, you're, you're uh, yeah, I'm thinking of the other one, the the fantasy games thing that Rob McElhaney does. I'm sorry. Um, what's that comp? That I like game? I like that show. I've watched all three seasons. Yeah, yeah, I know we, we suck. Yeah, sorry, but like I think those are the types of things that bring in viewers more so, like people who are curious about those things. Then. Mythic Quest. Thank you, Mythic Quest. Then the type of Ted Lasso is something that'll bring in viewers more so than something really? that's already played in theaters. I think I don't know. I mean, mm. look, Apple in general, I have no read on because do they care? <laughs> like, they have to yes, care. they care, they and obviously it costs money, and it's very real money. But if if their film segment, if their film uh, center goes down in flames, right? It, it's a it's couch money to Apple. Wow, I want so, some couch money. <laughs> You know, like, like, I don't, it's, it's, it's very tough. This is not, Netflix lives and dies by their subscribers, mm-hmm. right? Amazon to a much, much lesser extent, but Amazon and Apple to me are like, I mean, if they, if they stop making movies today, I don't know that it would show up in their business, their profit and loss statement mm. in like the next year. So it, it's tough to, it's tough to rationalize. It's the same kind of dystopian feel I had and the worry I had about like someone like Walmart deciding to get into the movie game and just like buy up all the theaters that were going out during COVID and like try to revolutionize the theater going experience because like Hmm. if you're making your money doing other things it's it's okay you know you're much more likely to swallow big losses in your theatrical arm so this is like a vanity project for Apple after a certain point but I I, I still don't buy that I think they are run around the globe as a as a as a business that needs to 
work its bottom lines. Sure. Uh, I'm not, yeah. I mean, and that's the goal for everyone. At I'm not trying to say they actively pursue losses. Like, obviously, the people involved care and care deeply. and This is their livelihood. I'm just saying, like, if you ask Tim Cook, <laughs> if you gave him some truth serum and you said, if Apple movies stop making movies today, would you would it hurt your business in any way? I don't think he's going to be like, oh, God, yes. But if you ask Tim Cook, does he want to go to the Oscars and cheer on some of his own movies? He's he's pretty happy to do that. Yeah. Hmm. Yes. Man, I just I, I don't buy it. I think they're going to they're going to crack down at some point, just like Netflix had to. And Netflix did have to. They had to. St- I mean, but look, Netflix is a profitable operation. The, the last we checked based on their quarterly earnings, they were making like eight billion dollars a year. They are a profitable operation. <laughs> Apple is no, probably not profitable. Not. That's why they have to keep raising the uh, subscription prices. Don't you know? Well, there's no money in Netflix. Oh my god. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Let's get into some industry news. And we'll corporations probably... don't make money, Mike. They're all barely getting by. Speaking, That's why they can't afford to pay anyone. Speaking of post-strike, <laughs> the CEOs issues. The Screen Seven uh, fiasco. Yeah. has uh, been updated. We, we probably, I mean, we, we could have done a whole episode on this, but we're both dismayed over the, this entire issue. And Melissa Barrera uh, had the class to, you know, really speak out uh, again in terms of a follow-up and, and I think do it the right way. Now, yeah. you, could debate, you could debate her comments. I do, and we, you and I have debated her comments. Mm-hmm. We have, uh, b- b- based on semantics, I would say, but, but, but fine. I think the reasonable people could disagree, and certainly this is as charged, of course, a global event as there ever was. It's a war, and people are screaming out about atrocities on both sure. sides of this war. And it's probably, in my mind, it's it's a mess and it's a nightmare. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I think that's the the underlying. In everybody's mind, sure, but I mean, and Melissa Barrera and she, she did spoke speak out. out. Yeah, but and, and to your point, she doesn't. It's not even a doubling down. I mean, she just like takes the the middle line of all this, and I think that's that's to be admired by her. And I just want to kind of give a little bit of a preface to this. And Stacy, who's been a longtime follower and buddy of MMO, has corrected me mm-hmm. and said that Melissa Bar- Barrera is technically a millennial because she's thirty three years of age mm-hmm. uh, and not Gen Z, as I referred to her the last time we talked about the story. And I told Stacy that I consider anyone under my age as an old man to be Gen Z. <laughs> So with that in mind, between these comments from Melissa Barrera, uh, combined with Iman Vellani's comments about the box office we talked about last week, young people in general on TikTok, I'm just, it's jarring to me how much more articulate and well thought out the younger generation is than the boomer or Gen X generation right now at Mm. this point in the game. But regardless, Barrera's uh, response to her being fired from the Scream franchise read in part, quote, I believe a group of people are not their leadership and that no governing body should be above criticism i pray day and night for no more deaths for no more violence and for peaceful coexistence i will continue to speak out for those that need it most and continue to advocate for peace and safety for human rights and freedoms silence is not an option for me wow yeah again i like this because she takes pretty much the entirety of the conflict going on in the middle east right now she takes politics in general out of it i'm 
Sure, she has an entire team at her disposal that's, you know, editing this and she has to run it by and approving it. But like, just take this in contrast to what someone like Bob Iger, who has far more people at his disposal to run his comments through a filter of. Yeah. And what we get from him where he's on that mountainside saying that the writers are asking for too much while he's at this billionaire vacation retreat or just the other day where he says Disney's animators have lost their way because they're making movies about messaging, putting messaging before the family entertainment value which is have you watched a disney animated feature bob (laughs) that's not the problem yeah anyway (laughs) nonetheless again my point with including this was just to say very well spoken and articulated by melissa barrera uh and just young people in general i think are very very good at this i think the older generation might be able to learn something lord knows you and i can yeah however i just worry that they get engulfed by the machine and sure. run over by it. Like yep. if if the belligerent leadership of these studios, never mind of these nations, say no, then you can be blacklisted. And I don't know. I ultimately Good old fashioned McCarthyism, baby. Well, look at ultimately this is more of a freedom of speech issue for us than it is a certainly a political issue. I I think that the quagmire of the political issue is, is is on one side of the argument, but that's that's our opinion, right? Uh, well, it's like I said, you have to be able to to like you. I mean, you just said it now. Reasonable people can disagree. You have to be able to listen to the other side on issues like this. There's some issues there is no other side. I agree with that. Like mm-hmm. you know, issues of Nazism. Um, there's not decent people on both sides, despite what some recent presidents may suggest. But uh, nonetheless, there's you, you, when it comes to someone in America talking about this issue going on we don't get into the quagmire of what it is and the political machinations of it on the show because again we're not a political show Mm -hmm. but i think you have to hear it's understandable when people have varying opinions based on their upbringing and background right and you can i i mean i vehemently disagree with one side of it you vehemently disagree with one side of it it's okay to vehemently disagree and not want to blacklist somebody for saying something right yeah uh, that's that's where we stand at the moment. Uh, maybe we're wrong, but I mean, look, at, this is one of those issues where we'll speak about it on our podcast, on our entertainment podcast, and we'll risk being wrong about it. And, and let us know. Sure. Let us know your thoughts. I mean, it's one of those things where we feel it's it's hitting the entertainment industry. It's certainly hitting the, the movie industry. Melissa Barrera has, is a rising star, and she's... I mean, regardless of how you feel about what's going on in the Middle East, if there's a blacklist from people, from of yeah. actors speaking out, that's wrong. I, right? I believe so. <laughs> I, mean, I, believe, I agree with you. That's, that's kind of bordering on ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about all these politicians who bloviate about censorship all the time. That's the highest form of censorship. Right. I agree. It's, it's a sad state of affairs. Um, but we can move on to some Oscar trailers. Uh, Society of the Snow, we got a second trailer for this Netflix film from Juan Antonio Bayona. Mike, uh, what would you think of this? So we could be once again facing this super late breaker in the international feature category carried by Netflix, with which crashes the Academy Awards party. I mean, this could be a repeat of what All Quiet on the Western Front did last year. Yeah. I think some of the effects in the cinematography in these shots, especially of the one from the plane crashing both inside the the cabin and watching it from afar on the mountain, I think those are pretty remarkable. And that lens flare 
that they keep on the right side of the screen that's akin to the lens flare of the famous photo that they recreate in this movie as well of the survivors on the mountaintop. Just what a touch to remind you how real this story is. I My hopes couldn't be higher. Yeah, Ann Thompson talked about this movie as very watchable, and you would fear, based on the subject matter, that it might be too grisly and too intense and and, and, and a hard sit, but mm-hmm. apparently that's not the case, which would, again, boost its chances. This big, epic story of man versus, or men versus nature in this instance, uh, yeah, that might, uh, it's not going to be Yellow Jackets, is what I'm trying to say, even yeah. though. Uh, even though it's the, the, there's going to be some rough subject matter in there, mm-hmm. but and, and then yeah, I mean, Alive was a movie about this same subject, a TV movie that grossed a lot of people out back in the whatever it came out in '80s. I don't know, but uh, I mean, it's not like they're making this for fun. You know, like this is stuff that actually happened. And yes, yeah. again, films aren't historical documents and and all that stuff. I keep saying, but this is this is a true story. This is what happened. And he he cast non actors. He cast authentic act uh, uh people in 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 the region let's just put mm-hmm. which was put it that way because uh you know you could have went the star-studded route here and sure he didn't he didn't want to do that J.A. Bayona, which again is i i just love i i've loved his career for a while He's, i've been a fan since the beginning from uh the orphanage on through so i'm, I'm rooting for him certainly the production budget here is 65 million pounds which equals roughly 82 million dollars so this is oh wow not a cheap enterprise for netflix wow. they want this to be an all quiet on the western front and kudos to them kudos mm-hmm. to them for investing that amount of money in a project like this so the, yeah i agree with you this this is the second trailer we've gotten we got a teaser and we got a trailer one for Society of the Snow, this had a major, uh, major opening at the Venice Film Festival. Critics love it, and it's it's got that perfect release date. I would say for an international feature, just like All Quiet on the Western Front did last mm-hmm. year, that early January spot that that's going to hit, hopefully right after it gets shortlisted. But it better make that shortlist. Oh my God! You wonder if Netflix is been like oh okay here's one blueprint we know we can follow now yeah for awards prominence you know what i mean um, they're building a lot of blueprints though they've got documentary animated and now international feature blueprints they can go apple out. who doesn't care about movies at all just saunters in <laughs> i'll take that best picture trophy thank you oh, they got they got every other studio kind of working for them though that's no, the thing I'm, like I'm, universal I'm sony I'm, I'm being tongue-in-cheek and paramount with killers of the flower moon anyway our son our son put out a very emotional trailer starring billy porter of pose and cinderella luke evans of beauty and the beast fast and the furious six andrew Rennells of girls black monday the boys in the band felicia rashad and robin weigert this was a tribeca hit our son from vertical entertainment I love this trailer. The critics have loved this movie 85%, or at least a few that have weighed in on Rotten Tomatoes, 13 of them there. Uh, what do you think of this trailer for our son? I say all the time how I want a trailer to not tell me what the movie is about. And this is proof that, well, I like being, you know, you give a little mystery. You don't have the entire thing spoiled. You know, it doesn't hold your hand through it, blah, blah, blah. But 
this is proof that you could have a trailer literally explain to you word for word what the film is, and it's still a good trailer, and they still want to see the movie. There's yeah. a way to do it. I mean, there's a quote in this in which a kid says to, I think, Billy Porter, it must be hard fighting for the right to marry when the end, when, it must be hard, if I could speak, good God, it must be hard fighting for the right to marry and then ending up in a divorce like everybody else. Yeah. That's the yeah. that's the trailer. That's the movie. Hard. What a heavy concept. And and it really worked for me. They're They're mixing it up well. Luke Evans is... Yeah, I mean he's tight gripped, uh, white knuckling it. It seems, and you you know that's not gonna, that's not gonna stay for the whole movie. And and Billy Porter seems to be the one trying to bring them together until he can't anymore. And yeah, the kid's caught in the middle, and it's a it's a divorce drama, which has worked extraordinarily well in movies before, and told from this perspective, is is it's gonna matter all the more. I think it's a yeah. This is a movie I missed at Tribeca. I could not get in for that weekend, but I, I'm I'm excited. Um, I'm excited to finally pick it up. Uh, when, when is it coming out? I didn't catch catch a release date. Do you, do you know? Oh, you know what? I didn't either. I didn't right. see. So we'll have to I wait was. For it. I, I am. I mean, my family law background is not extensive, so this may be a much simpler issue than I'm making it out to be. But I was like rocked by the idea of oh wow, this is really interesting because you seem like you're going to get the legal machinations of what happens in a custody battle between two equally loving parents when one is actually the biological mm. parent of a child. I mean, it's a same-sex couple. One's the actual biological parent of the child. Right. And what what does that play in at all? I would think not. I mean, it's obviously going to be dependent on different state laws and whatever and state by state, but my guess would be that as long as both parents are of, you know, equal suit and loving of the child and care for the kid and blah, 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 that it won't necessarily matter. But it is something that I've never considered before, because, again, I don't have that big of a background. And this seems like it's a movie that's going to uh, take that head on. So that's interesting to me. We'll move on to the trailer for Memory. This was another Venice hit. Jessica Chastain, Peter Sarsgaard, Michelle Franco is the writer director. So this trailer is about what? Like, did. <laughs> yeah, well, this on? is what I mean. This is a tra- this is a trailer that doesn't tell you what the story is about, and it's not great. So <laughs> it's annoyed the shit out of me. I mean, look, it's there's there's aspects of this trailer that are very cool. Like I love the score. They're like a creepy beginning because you don't know if you're gonna get like a stalker story, mm. and then it turns you get this keyboard based happy trailer, for, happy music for the end of it because Jessica Chastain and Peter Sarsgaard are becoming closer and they're they're friendly. But like, are they falling in love or is she? He, Peter no Skarsgård is a man with me- mental issues. He's got memory issues. That's apparent. I can't tell if she's supposed to be his caretaker or if they're falling in love or if she's just trying to help him make amends with his family. I have no idea what's going on, and it annoyed the hell out of me. Is this a rom-com born identity? <laughs> what is going on? I agree. I, I have no idea. I want to see this movie. I, I Look, I maybe this premise will help. This is the IMDb premise. Sylvia is a social worker who leads a simple and structured life. This is blown open when Saul follows her home from their high school reunion. Their surprise encounter will profoundly impact both. And no, this doesn't help. (laughs) It doesn't. Do you kiss? (laughs) (laughs) No, I I mean, there's an adorable joke at the end of this thing about him ordering the quote, his quote unquote usual at a restaurant. And he, he, he. He cannot remember what the usual is, but under peer pressure of the moment, he says yes, and he's one. I guess he's wondering what's going to come to him uh, at the table. I did not like this trailer. It bugged okay. me. 
Well, apparently two very good performances from Sarsgaard and Jessica Chastain. Anyway, the end we start from. Now, you'll wait just one <laughs> collar-picking minute because I taught Jodie Comer was from Chicago. Mm-hmm. She loved that Elvis and that Dicka and the Bears, <laughs> and she had me going there, Mike. And by the mm. way, you need to be Mike 3 because Dicka <laughs> is the only Mike 1 that ever was. Very good. I might too. Very good. Very good. Just another entry into your prolonged angle of trying to remove my moniker. <laughs> Jody Comer's in this movie. She was also in The Bike Riders. Uh, she's doing very good things in terms of her acting in the end we start from. I'm being an idiot. Does anything happen in this trailer? I mean, water comes in and breaks through the, the house. Mm-hmm. She's taking a bath, and she's very happy to be pregnant, and she, it, it looks adorable. Did, okay. did, her, did her husband or, or the father of her child die? It seemed like a very a very cute meat, a meat cute, right? It, it seemed like a good thing. They seem to be in love. Does something flood, or is this all happening in her, like, is that her mind? Do you end titles with prepositions? Is that what we're doing now? The end we start from? I thought, I mean, at least the next title about dry grasses starts with, like, what mm-hmm. are we doing? That's not a preposition, but whatever. The whatever. end we start from about dry grasses. That, that would make more sense, mm-hmm. I think, grammatically. Uh, this is, this has rude. been a lesson in, I usually like trailers giving us mystery uh, Too and much not mystery. explaining things and the opposite happening. Because I did not like the end we start from trailer. I did not like the memory trailer. And our son gave us entirety of what the movie was about, <laughs> and I loved it. <laughs> Well, about dry grasses, it ain't much better in here, kid. Merv, <laughs> Merv Dizdar, excuse me if I don't know how to pronounce her name. She won Best Actress at the 2023 Cannes Film Festival. Uh, Denise uh, Dennis, uh, Turkey, two wonderful Turkish actors lead this movie. It's going to be Turkey. Soliloglu, no? Soliloglu? I don't want to butcher the name, but no, we will did. We will learn how to uh, pronounce these names. Uh, the Best international feature selection from Turkey gets a blown out trailer and an IndieWire exclusive that I was very happy to watch. But I feel like we need to do a full blown guess the plot on about dry grass. Okay. Because I watched this trailer. I've, I, all right. Let, let's, let's do our best. Okay. I'm, I'm going <clears> to, I'm going to give it the old college try. Go here. ahead. I have an knock idea. Knock over ahead. a bottle of lotion on my desk. All right. Solemn faced teacher likes this beautiful woman. Yes. But smiley best friend likes her too. Okay. Erstwhile, they both forget to water their lawns all summer. <laughs> and of course, there's a drought. That's that's all I got. That's I didn't get into the literal title, the literal meaning of the title in my. But I think you're ha- like, it seems like the solemn faced teacher likes this woman. She doesn't feel the same about him, but she does flirt openly with his friend. Mm hmm. Or at least smiles at him and laughs well, at his Well, the joke. friend smiles, yeah. Yeah, and and solemn-faced teacher is very dismayed by this progress. And my thinking is he's got to... He gets so turned off by the end of this trailer, like, oh, he's going to kill his friend, right? <laughs> That's he's, how this ends. He's throwing crap in the teacher's... Uh, in, in the classroom. Like, yeah. He gets very angry at his students. He takes yeah. it out on them. He's projecting... Beautiful cinematography, though. Truthfully. 
yeah, what are we doing? First of all, I don't, they forget to water their What lungs. is this movie about? Truthfully, what is remember this movie about? Remember what we've, I mean, to be fair, we've had trouble with this from the start, because remember what the first time we introduced this movie, you thought it was, was about dry glasses? Yeah. So, we've never had a handle on this. No, we, we don't. Well, like, I should have seen it at the New York Film Festival. <laughs> I had a chance. I would have had to have gone on like a Tuesday night just to see that movie. It was a two and a half hour movie. Yeah. But I was considering it. I almost did it. I just, you know. I'm beat up middle of the week. Well, it's hard. We could end on a high note at least with these. No, we can't. <laughs> <laughs> Dune part two. This trailer sucked, huh? Watch this trailer. Okay. And then on the recommended, the suggested on the side on the YouTube page was the first look at Sonic three for me. So watch this trailer and then watch the first look at the Sonic three trailer. I defy you to tell me that the latter isn't way more interesting. Wow. I, I did not watch the Sonic 3 trailer, so review it now. It was good. Uh, Jim Carrey's in the... There was nothing to it. It was like a planet. teaser. Okay. They're they're introducing Shadow the Hedgehog. I think he's voiced by Adam Scott. Okay. But that's it. I mean, there's just... Who who could care about... Dune's going to be beautiful. Dune Part 2. Dune Part 1 was. Villeneuve, I mean, you see him orchestrating. He's the director of the orchestra playing all these roles. It's a travesty he wasn't nominated for director in the first part. He should definitely be nominated for this if it's just as beautiful and pretty looking. Dune Part 1 was so boring. And this is... I'm not even as mad on Do- at Dune Part 1. It just feels like they've reshuffled the same clips, the same footage yes. of Dune Part 2 for f- six trailers now? How many well, trailers have reshuffled the same amount of footage and they just given it a different packaging, a different score, a different musical track? What are we doing? If I were to take a screenshot from one of the two trailers of either Dune Part 1 or Dune Part 2 and present it to you, you're not going to know which movie is. It looks like the exact... And I understand it. it it's just... Who cares? Who cares? They're fighting in a desert. They're doing Star Wars on sand. That's Dune. Who cares? What do you think about the celebrity movie star management going on with Timothy Chalamet? Because he's, we're getting Wonka, the 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 lead up, the final lead up for the kooky, charming chocolatier, and then he's this bellowing war chief in this trailer for Dune. I mean, that's the other thing. I I mean, I do you buy him as the un, the plucky underdog who can lead a nation? He they released two trailers for Dune Part Three as they're rolling out Wonka, essentially, right? Why? Mm-hmm. Like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, these, who goes to Wonka and says, oh, I need to see him in a serious role now? <laughs> I just don't understand. Like, I, I don't. This, I did not like. I didn't like this trailer. What's WB like the doing? Movie. What are they doing? All right. Uh, Speaking of uh, movies that don't look great, Furiosa, a Mad Max saga. Now, George Miller has cut some terrible absolutely horrifically bad trailers Has in, his, in his lifetime. I went back and I watched a bunch of old Mad Max trailers. I watched Mad Max Fury Road as a trailer and it was awful, which really? might have actually worked in for overcoming my poor expectations for that movie when I actually seen Max Mad, Mad Max Fury Road and loved it in the movie theaters. That might have actually had an effect on me because I had lower expectations. Well, guess what? I have low expectations for Fury Road, a Mad Max saga, because this looks like 300 Rise of an Empire, the sequel to 300 to me. <laughs> yeah. This is green screened, 
looks awful. Maybe I need a 4K TV to get better resolution, but like these visual effects look undercooked, man. And that beard on Chris Hemsworth looks awful. <laughs> that prosthetic nose looks ridiculous. Is Tom Burke playing a Mortan Joe here? I what felt like doing? I felt like George Miller just visited the set of Avengers Endgame one day and saw Chris Hemsworth in his makeup, his like fat Thor makeup with the scraggly beard and stuff, which was like, hey, follow me. <laughs> Took some Play-Doh. Took him, and just... He took him to the, the Mad Max set and just shot it as is. Yeah. He, I mean, I don't... What do we, what do we got in this trailer? We got, like, Anya Taylor-Joy giving a voiceover and then putting paint on her face. But we got all those words coming at us while they're driving through the red desert, which, again, it looks like green screen. It looks... Drive awful. these motorcycles through the middle of Chalamet shouting at the army in Dune. <laughs> And just combine them into one trailer. At least Dune seems to be in the middle of the freaking desert, right? I saw, see, I didn't have, I saw a lot of people complaining about the FX, and I only watched this trailer once, so I didn't, I wasn't honed in on it. So, but you're not alone in that. Like, there was a lot of people who did not like the way this looked. Mm -hmm. What was the biggest issue to you? The biggest issue to me is visually, visually, where was the problem? I've seen better visual effects in Sharknado. Oh, no. <laughs> this looked like cartoonish nonsense. And again, maybe I need a new TV. Because I wow. watched this on my TV. I watched it on my computer. It was a little better resolution. It blended a little better. But it was awful. It Like, again, 300, Rise of an Empire. Awful. Wow. What am yeah. I watching? Yuck. Well, what a trailer section. <laughs> the Phantom Menace. <laughs> Jesus. Where's, where's Jar Jar Binks when you don't want him either? Anyway, all right, we got two movies. To <laughs> we got two movies to review quickly. Uh, you watched one, I watched one here. Dream Scenario. I'm going to call Dream Scenario with starring Nicolas Cage from A24 an odd morose dramedy with tinges of Charlie Kaufman, David Lynch, and even a little David Cronenberg with the sci-fi by the end of it. And good God, I wish Dream Scenario could have weaved some more into the horror lane that those three filmmakers have made their M.O. at times in their careers, Michael. Because yeah. I feel like the comedy, the dramedy stuff worked okay, but it needed like a little extra edge. It needed to scare me a little more than Dream Scenario actually did. But look, at I, I love the setup. I mean, we've loved the setup in the trailer. I They should have played the Cranberries through the whole movie. That was its <laughs> biggest mistake. The Cranberries <laughs> do not show up at all. It was just the trailer song. But I, I did enjoy the premise of, of Dream Scenario. I enjoyed the centerpiece of the film, and then I enjoyed the finale of the movie, and yet everything in between, in betwixt and in between, kind of just irked me or annoyed me or oh, I'm waiting for more. So in between like the fantastic moments of Dream Scenario, in between the high highs is a lot of aggravation. I'm still going to give Dream Scenario B plus 87 grade, but I just, it could have been great. It could have been great, and that's why I'm like, darn it all, I just... I wanted great, and I got very good moments, and that's where I'm at with Dream Scenario. Cage lands the plane. I I like the very ending. Yeah, I do. All right. I, I think agree I with do. you. Should I be think more I of a do. Horror concept. I wanted more horror. They should like, give him knife hands too and burn his face. It was. There's a lot of good ideas in Dream Scenario. There's a lot of good stuff that just could have. 
Oh. He should have had Heather Langenkamp as the lead actress, and he could have stalked her the entirety of the movie. I'm just uh, I'm, these are all things from Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, I uh, I gathered it was from one of your favorite horror <laughs> franchises, but I'm not a Nightmare of Elm Street. Uh, Nightmare of Elm. Yeah, you know I'm gonna mispronounce your favorite title. No, I'm not a Nightmare on Elm Street guy necessarily, even though Welcome I believe to prime time, bitch. Like Scream Six, the first one is the best one. What do you think? What's the best I, nightmare? Listen, New Nightmare was so far ahead. If New Nightmare came out in like 2014, it would have been revolutionary. Okay. Uh, but that's where I stand. Three I've was dropped, good. One is probably the best. I've dropped a bottle of lotion. I've dropped a solo cup. What is cup. this bottle of lotion? You're just, what's, what's going on? I keep on? dropping it because I keep fidgeting yeah. with these things at my desk. But if you've heard that, it's that's what it is. All right. Mm. American Symphony. We both watched this. Uh, you you take the driver's I mean, seat. how could you not? You this is one of the more heartwarming and heart touching visuals and stories you're going to get all year. Uh, it, it's the wild juxtaposition between John Batiste, who used to be, you know, this Grammy winning Oscar winning, I think too, at this point, uh, musician trying to put forward this American symphony to play this grand recital while at the same and play the Grammys and do all these high profile things while at the same time having this terrible personal battle at home because his wife, who we see him marry in the movie itself, is fighting cancer. And he has, you see, you go from these high highs of him performing on the Grammy stage to these low lows of having to literally sit by her bedside as she's going through chemo and it's just yeah. heart-wrenching heart just gut punch stuff i was crying I, i'm not gonna lie yeah. i was like i could not it just the tears fell out of my face um it, it's emotional but it's rewarding as a documentary as a as a as a cathartic experience from a film watcher's perspective and it, it makes it's good for the soul this movie. how that guy never gets down on himself either oh i mean God. there's there's these moments interspersed where he's talking to his therapist on the phone yes and he's always positive he's like i have faith in god i have faith that things will turn around it's just good lord man that i drop said, a coffee and i'm done for the, like the next month <laughs> <laughs> i agreed i'm i uh i'm all bent out of shape i have to get my car serviced i'm all bent out of shape <laughs> A light came on in my car, and I'm freaking the hell out. <laughs> We're having like a doomsday Man. conversation before this episode starts. Yeah, can you imagine? Can you? I, I don't want to, but uh, yeah, John Batiste going through everything he's going through in his personal life, how he makes his professional life soar the way it does is mind-boggling to me. And yes, some of my favorite moments of the movie is his Grammy's performance, yep. the American Symphony performance at the end, remarkable, intense to show. Some things that actually go down in that performance and to have that have the poise that he does is incredible. That being said, there's a lot of awkward music moments in this thing. Yeah, it's not an A movie, I don't think. I mean, there's some we talked about this. There's some lulls. Uh I, I think that the and it's this is through no fault of the movie makers or John Batiste or what he's going, his wife's going through. The the juxtaposition is so wild. I, I don't know how he kept his emotions in check. Like you, the high highs and low lows are so varied and it's so real that it's 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 tough to like emotionally stay invested throughout the entirety of the thing because if you do, you leave that you know thinking that you've just been in a twelve round fight. It's uh, it is it is a roller coaster for sure, yeah. and it. I, the thing about this movie is like the music is not melodic un, until the performance moments like we watch like him tuning his orchestra 
and it's just like nails on a chalkboard to listen to. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of the Beatles docuseries, the Get Back Beatles docuseries. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I could see that. Which is like, you know, the end of Dewey Cox, the middle of Dewey Cox. Here's a billion dollars. And then at the end, they're like, you know, just just like a bunch of geese honking in the... <laughs> Which is a part of what the director's going for, too. I mean, this is, and they even say that outright in the movie. It's going to sound like nothing until it sounds like music at the end. So right. okay. it's, this, it's this mess that he's going through of life, and then yes. he comes out all polished and perfect when he has to perform. I, it's I amazing. It, yeah, it's I'm, amazing. With, I'm with you. It, 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 there's some drawbacks to watching it, no doubt. So we're going through like all these off-key moments, and then it's, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. So that, 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 but but that's life, I guess, is what the. <laughs> anyway, I agree. I agree. I and I, I hope not to have to deal with anything that he's gotten himself through. Yeah. God. So just yeah, it's, uh, it's rough. Stupendous music, in terms of you know cer- certain moments, and then just oh my god, I want to die. Music, yeah. for the other that that's points off for me. But what what are you gonna do? Yeah, I am I mean, sensitive. I have sensitive ears. Don't we know this? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's you're not. It's a rewarding watch. There's no. It doubt. Is. You're not gonna. You're not gonna lose anything by watching this. You will gain a lot. I think. I'm rooting for American Symphony. There's no question. I, I still give it like a B85. Where, where do you land on it? In terms I'm probably of a little higher. I'm probably in the 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 B high B B plus range. But yeah, I, I mean, it's not good. There are drawbacks, but it's a rewarding watch, no doubt. Okay. Right. All right, well, let's cut it there. I think that's that's good. I, I got a few more things we've I've seen, you've seen. We'll we'll bump those to the next episode. But yeah, man, we got uh, another full week coming uh, with the the opening of December here. Is it December? Is it really December? It's not only December; it's a long December. Like I long, think I'm going to make a song about that. Long December will be my first song. I'll call it Long December. Okay, and then I'll make one about my penis that'll go viral. What? That's, what? that's what Mr. Jones was about, isn't it? Aren't they both uh, Counting Crow songs? Anyway. <laughs> it's long. Is is that song really about a penis? Mr. Jones? No, everyone thinks it's about his member, but he's, he's gone on record numerous times saying it isn't, which can only possibly mean that it is. Okay. You know? We just can't believe musicians, can we? <laughs> George Costanza just went on a rant about musicians in the late. I'm almost done with Seinfeld, people. <laughs> <laughs> Almost done. I'm like, I got like four episodes left. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Welcome to the world, Michael. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> anyway. It's, uh, it's not helping me, Mike. It's not help. It's just, it's just, it's not helping me. Larry David, the, the, all these characters are different variations of Larry David. Correct. And it's Larry beautiful. David is a vexing guy. It's a cacophony of misery. <laughs> it's pretty fun. It's funny as hell, though. God. Uh, as always, dear listener, what matters most to us are your thoughts. We want to hear from you. What do you think about the new Oscars timing? What did you think about the New York Film Critics Circle Awards? Do you have any thoughts on any of these trailers or the European Film Award winners, as well as any of the stories we covered here? You can leave us your thoughts on those, as well as always, any other thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns you have about anything else we do here in the MMO Empire, as as always, those can be left on our social medias. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram at MM and Oscar on Twitter. Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com and on Reddit. We are available wherever you do hear podcasts. And if you're listening to us on either the Apple Podcast or Spotify app, if you appreciate what we do here, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review, those help us out immensely. Thank you to everyone who has done so thus far. I watched our Spotify wrapped. 
uh, we were listened to in like forty uh, something countries this year in 2023. We had huh. uh, four hundred and some odd uh, people had us in their top tens. A hunt like almost two hundred of those had us in their top fives. Thank you as always to all all our listeners. Uh, you guys keep tuning in, and we hope to give you reasons to keep tuning in while you keep tuning in. So thank you yes. once again. Thank you, thank you, thank you, uh, Michael. What's coming next from us? And let's have some words of wisdom to end. On. Well, they couldn't be more wise than that. Thank you to our listenership. It's yeah. really it's really been uh, an honor to uh just babble into your earphones this long yeah absolutely we really appreciate it uh what's hopefully you next? learned something or no, at least laughed they, once uh, but just laughed at they laugh at us <laughs> laugh at yeah if you, yes. you laughed at us once that's we've that's done our fine. job that's fine uh, may december killers of the flower moon on streaming and then the boy and the heron in theaters like those are three options we may pounce upon for a film study for an oscars profile i don't know which one of those we may pounce upon next michael but we are certainly going to watch may december you know tonight and Mm -hmm. and maybe figure that out so we'll 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 see what comes next we do have an oscar race checkpoint for next week most likely as well uh the bifa awards are this monday or sunday and then the european film awards the rest of you know the main awards for best feature and best director and screenplay and actor actress those will come out next week along with some critics awards because the new york film critics circle kind of kicked us off this year it's the most wonderful time of the year (laughs) it has begun yeah we're off and running baby oscar race in full effect no doubt i'm I'm excited I, i need this i need something right now i need a lot of things Well, this is, I mean, I'm convinced the headspace that we are in is not only due to the weather and this ridiculous notion that we need daylight savings. God forbid we don't live in a place where it's pitch black by 4 Mm p.m. My God, seasonal affective disorder. How could you live here and not have it? Anyway, I'm convinced (laughs) that the reason that the happy movies do well at the Oscars is because of people like us. Maybe we can't we can't live in this misery, this mountain of shit day after day. (laughs) It's untenable. <laughs> it's not fit for human life. It gets dark early. It does. <laughs> it, I, I don't like it either. I want to ah. walk my dog. I don't want to have to walk my dog during my lunch every day. I don't want to have to put on layers to walk my dog. Well, th- but this you you should know this by. There's nothing we could do about. I don't that. care. I don't care. I don't care that I've lived. It doesn't matter to me. I don't want to do it. <laughs> what, what are you going to do? Move to Florida? Florida? <laughs> Del Boca Vista. Boca Vista? You Boca guy? telling me there's not one place available in all of Del Boca Vista? You can't go to Vegas. Like, you wouldn't last, you wouldn't last a month in Vegas. Oh, I know. I'll go to, I'll go to the suburbs of LA and just live and just like, I'll lay like a starfish for 12 months in a lawn somewhere. Just pipe an IV bag to me so I stay alive. All right. That's the dream, baby. Maybe maybe it is. Anyway, what are we doing? We got to move cross town from Hollywood East to Hollywood <laughs> West at some point. Yeah, there you go. Uh, guys, when reality or your your daily existence because of the sun <laughs> sucks, you can come watch movies with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year-round without the stuffiness. That's the point I was making, by the way. I think the Oscars are in there where they are, and that's why people vote for happy movies. Okay. Yeah. It, no? It's been happening lately, for sure. The world has been on fire. Yeah. 
and happy movies have won Best Picture. Is that going to happen again this year? Like Barbie yeah. could win. Yeah. I don't know. Oppenheimer could win though. Killers of Flower Moon could win. I don't know. I'm no spoiler alert. They're not very happy. <laughs> I guess Oppenheimer depends on your perspective. <laughs> Just end it all. Take it all out. <laughs> I'm joking. We'll see you all very soon. <laughs> you have to say you're joking. 